The Lord is good. Mercy endures forever. The power of his name need be exalted. There's such a wonderful atmosphere in here this morning. The Spirit of God is moving. Hearts are exalting his name. Where he is lifted up, he comes near. Today is a special day. Go ahead and just reach and get your Bible and be turning with me to Proverbs 31. We'll, we'll get the offering before we leave. If, if I forget to do that before you leave, the pails will be here. And just don't forget to give the Lord uh, what he is. Amen. Uh, there are rare occasions uh, through the course of a year in service and worship. Uh, not that the worship and our giving would be an interruption, but there there are times that that's not the precedented thing to do at the moment. Amen. And and that's where we're at today. Uh, it's just not the precedented time and moment receive of our worship and giving but the worship in his word um, I feel like the Lord's really wanting to do something in here this morning and and I feel like he's given me a word to share that's particularly uh, related to the ladies in the house and all the mothers in the house uh, but his word relates to us all amen and, and I feel as though that the Lord's going to want to move in our altars today and touching our lives. Um, church statisticians and everyone uh, who claims to know what they're talking about say that you're not supposed to call people out, have people stand, do different things of that nature to draw attention to them. But this morning, uh, I, I honor motherhood. I honor motherhood. And there's many forms and facets of motherhood. Are you with me? And it's it's revealed through Scripture. Um, so I honor you today. And if if you're here this morning, and your mother has already deceased and and gone on and not with you physically, before you leave this morning, I want you to take one of these white roses with you. And uh, I, I know it's a hard day. It's a difficult morning for a lot of folk. And so I thank you for being here. It, for some, it was a battle just to get up and, and get here on this day. So I thank you so much for being here this morning. And so please take one of those with you today as we honor you and where you're standing this morning. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31. I, I try not to touch 31 at Mother's Day, but I'm, I'm going to take the last three verses of Proverbs 31. If we're not careful, when you get into Proverbs 31, you, you, can, leave, you can leave a service hearing a, a message preached on Proverbs 31. What meant to encourage you could just really, you look at yourself and say, well, I can't measure up to that. I mean, Proverbs 31 
but there's only one Proverbs 31. It's just saying it's possible. Verse 29 reads, Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor or charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. For just a little while, I want to talk to us on this thought, above and beyond. I'm going to use some biblical examples this morning. And then we're going to move into a time of prayer. I'm going to try to be brief on my end for I really feel like the Lord wants to touch some hearts in this place today. I know it's a special Sunday. I know it's a holiday, if you will. But we have, you have, us together, we have opened up uh, something in the heavens. And... Uh, the nearness of the Lord is here, and he wants to touch lives before we leave here this morning. He's already done a work. He's already touched in hearts. But before we leave, I think the Lord has something great for you. Father, I love you, and I thank you. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for what I feel. I, I don't know which way. I feel like you're turning me inside out this morning. And as our attention is on you, and your presence is so near in this house. I pray, Lord, that you would touch those that hear your word. Touch me this morning, Father, with a liberty that causes it to be easy to preach. Let that anointing flow. Stir that unction as I stir myself today. We praise you and we glorify you. In Christ's holy and mighty name. And the church said, amen. You can be seated, but just be mindful of the presence of the Lord. And if the Lord speaks to you this morning, Male or female, we're going to concentrate on the mothers, but it doesn't matter. You're a child of God this morning, and his word applies to each of us. Amen? As we pause this morning, we're going to take a look at some very extraordinary uh, mothers in the Bible. Mothers who went above and beyond. These women obeyed God's calling. They served. They sacrificed. They build a life of faith for their families. And there's so much that we can glean from the examples that we're going to give and so many more that we won't be able to touch on. But we can learn from their struggle. And we can learn from the lives that they live, lives of faith. I looked up some surveys, what moms really want for Mother's Day. One particular surveyed over 2,000 ladies, 58% of them, said they just really want free time, some alone time. Another survey, 30% said they just wanted to sleep uninterrupted. Very close to that was a clean house that they didn't clean. Nowhere on the list and the surveys that I looked at and read had roses, there were a few, 2 or 3% wanted a night out. Chocolate was nowhere to be found. 
But it's the simplest things that mother wants. Sleep. Above and beyond. This mother, this wife, this woman that's mentioned in Proverbs 31. When you begin to look at early in the chapter and read through, she's she has this glowing resume. I mean... When you read her story, you wonder if she does sleep. All the stuff that this woman does, there's no way there's time to sleep. She keeps the house. She works. She has a business. She tends to cheer and she loves her husband, takes care of him, and does all that stuff. And then we read where that she excels them all. That's a mouthful, isn't it? This Proverb 31 woman has gone above and beyond. And she gives an example. But like I said earlier, if you look and read that example, if you're not careful, the enemy will jump up on your left shoulder and begin to whisper in your left ear while God's trying to speak into your right ear, but he begins to shout in your ear, well, that ain't you. Right? You stumped your toe over the mess in the floor trying to get to the children last night. You had to feed them cereal, didn't have time to fix gravy and biscuits. I heard somebody had a good breakfast this morning. Boys of the house got up and cooked mama breakfast. Good job, gentlemen. But if we're not careful, the enemy can cause us to feel diminished because we feel as though we cannot live up to the measure of this Proverbs 31 woman. In almost 30 years of ministry, this is the first time I've even taken partially my text for Mother's Day from Proverbs 31. Simply because of that, because if we're not careful, we can relay some of these expectations, right? That may not be achievable. And we can leave feeling worse than when we came in. But I'm going to talk to you about some ladies today who simply just built their faith the best that they could. And there's ten of them, and I know we're not going to touch all ten of them, but there are ten on this list that I have for you today, and there's only one Proverb 31 lady. But there's ten other examples of women who did the very best they could and they lived out their faith and God honored them and God had favor on their life and God blessed them and he raised them up and he met them in their hour and their time of need. Even so, as this Proverb 31 lady, their faith is exemplary to us today, each and every one of us. The first mother that we would look at would be Sarah, the mother who waited. You know Sarah's story, married to Abraham and how that God promised her that she would have a child as he would promise Abraham that he would have seed and, and a posterity to follow after him and how that she would overhear the, 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 the comments of the, of the fire and she would be hiding in the tent and she would chuckle and laugh because she had already waited 15 years and then 10 years later she gets a, a another in this 15 year period she gets another promise just keep on waiting mama can I tell you sometimes you got to wait longer than you really deserve to wait Amen. Man, you got to wait longer than you want to wait. But there is virtue 
you in the waiting. There is favor in the waiting. God's hand will meet you in the waiting. When you're waiting and it feels like it's been too long, just keep on waiting. Sarah overheard as Abraham received a confirmation. She chuckled and she laughed to herself because she knew her age and she knew Abraham's age. Are you with me? And she knew it was going to be more difficult for Abraham than it was going to be for her own self. And then 10 years later, I'm telling you, God moved in a mighty way. And she brings a son into this world. And she said, the Lord has caused me to laugh. And it's going to cause everyone to hear about this to laugh. And they're going to chuckle. And I'm just going to go ahead and name this boy Isaac, which means son of my laughter. I'm here to tell you, there's some things that you've been waiting for. There's some things that you've been waiting on. And don't give up your waiting. Because God is in the tarrying. And he's going to reaffirm and reaffirm as many times as he has to to let you know his word is good for you and his promise is good for you so you just keep on waiting you may laugh in your heart you may laugh in your mind but you just keep on laughing because one of these days God is going to have the last laugh in your life son of my laughter everybody's going to get a kick out of this couldn't you see you sitting in the city gate and Abraham's friends come by Way go, Abe. 99-year-old, son. Didn't think had it in you. Everybody's getting a kick out of that. I'm telling you, when God gets finished with you, I said when God gets finished with you, everybody else is just going to have to get the last laugh. Because God knows your patience while you're enduring. I didn't say she waited well. I didn't say her patience was virtuous. I said she waited. She had to have confirmation halfway through a little over. She had to have another affirming word from God to stir her faith and to keep her faith going. And if that's where you are this morning, that's quite all right. Because God knows what you need when you need it and where to get it to you at. And if you need affirmation this morning to keep on waiting because it hadn't happened, here it is this morning. Wait on the Lord. Wait patiently on the Lord. He's going to hear your cry. He's going to hear your plea. He's going to move, and he's going to answer. If he's made a promise to you, rest assured, the whole world, and we'll laugh in the face of the enemy when God brings it to pass. I think she went above and beyond. Extraordinary faith. A faith that has to be renewed, refreshed, and from time to time, restored. So if you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, I haven't waited too well. I haven't waited too diligently. I haven't waited too patiently. That's all right. Neither did Sarah. And it didn't hinder God's promise in her life. Hallelujah. And it won't hinder God's promise in your life either. If he's made it, he's going to be good for it. Because he's not a man that he should lie. He's God. God of righteousness and the God of truth. And he'll keep his word to every generation. Next mother, well, I, this is one of my favorite of Scripture. It's an odd choice, but it's Hagar. Hagar is one of my favorite stories of motherhood in the Scripture. Hagar was a little slave girl. Motherhood was forced upon Hagar. Hagar lived a bitter life. She lived a hard life. She lived a life of turmoil. Her, her mistress was out to get her always she lived a difficult time she had a difficult task but I'm here to tell you God knows the road that you travel hallelujah 
And Hagar was a woman who waited with endurance. Sometimes you have to endure. Oh, I, I, nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say it's going to be a rosy pathway. No, you may have to walk on the thorns, but it may not be the petals of the rose. You may have to make your way through the thorns. And this is where Hagar is. And, and Hagar doesn't even know who this God is that everybody in the tent is supposed to be worshiping. She has to have her own encounter with Jehovah God. And Hagar had her encounter. Oh, as she runs away, she's at plight. She's trying to um, make her escape. And then, then God sees her and God sends her back into her trouble, sends her right back into the war zone. Somebody in here may be trying to escape the war zone of life that is around you. And you may think you've gotten away until God said, turn around and go back in there. Oh, isn't it wonderful to know that God has purpose for you in the middle of your war zone? I know we don't understand it. Oh, God, why can't I get out of here? God, why can't you deliver me? Why do I have to keep on putting up with this mistreatment? Why, why, why? Because God's got a work for you. God's got a promise for you. God had something for Hagar in the middle of her trouble. You must endure. God sent her right back into the middle of her dilemma. Then when she brings this child into the world, you'd think it'd get better. No, it only got worse. It got worse for Hagar. Her mistreatment grew. And then one day, she's driven away, put out, run off. Hello? She's ran off after enduring all that she endured. She's driven out. They're in a desert land. Her young son is crying from thirst. And so that she wouldn't have to listen to it, she put him off a distance under the shade and tried to get away from the cries of her only son. And then God speaks to her out of heaven. Hagar, I hear you, honey. Woo! I hear you. I hear your cry. And that boy of yours is going to be something great. I'm not going to let him die in this wilderness. You've been faithful, Hagar. You've endured, Hagar. You've been mistreated, Hagar. They've talked about you. They scorned you. They worked you like a dog, and they've run you out. But I am the God who sees you, and that would be what Hagar says. This place shall be called El-Rohi because he is the God who sees my Lord. But that's not the greatest point of her story. It is there that she says, I will turn and see the God who has seen me. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying Hagar had an encounter in a wilderness place. She had an encounter with God who had made a promise to her. She endured. You may have to endure, mama. You may have to endure some heartache, hardship. You may have to endure some things that you don't want to endure, but you just keep on keeping on. Why, Pastor? Why should I? Because God sees you. He sees your dilemma. He sees your hurt. He sees your mistreatment. And he's already spoken a word to you. And he will fulfill the word that he has spoken into your life. So hang on, Hagar's. Endure. 
next above and beyond. That's above and beyond if there ever was. The next lady we look at is Rebecca, the mother who believed. Think about Rebecca. She had great faith in her obedience to God. When Isaac's servant told her of the man who wanted to marry her, Genesis 25 tells us Rebecca became pregnant. She could feel these babies inside her womb wrestling. She's going to bring twins into this world. Isaac's going to be blessed. But yet in this going on inside her, she cries out to God. And says, God, what's going on? What's happening to me? What's going on with what's inside me? God says, just be at ease, Rebecca. Because there's two nations struggling inside of you. There's two nations in there. And here's what's going to happen before it's over and said and done with. The elder is going to serve the younger before it's all over and done with. So this struggle and this strife is not just going to be in the womb. But you see, when Esau and Jacob are born, Esau is very red. And and when he comes out, his brother Jacob has a hold of his heel. In other words, you're not getting out without me. Jacob's name means heel snatcher or, or supplanter. He was going to be a mischievous young man. He was going to be a mama's boy. And Esau was going to be a daddy's boy. But still in Rebecca's mind, in her hearing, in her heart, She's heard what the Lord had spoke to her, what was going to happen one day. I, I used to give her a very difficult going about when she falls into the plot with her younger son, Jacob, when she falls into the plot with him. But now notice it wasn't really Jacob's fault, nor was it Rebecca's fault. I think the blame has to go on Esau who was impetuous when he came out of the wilderness and he was hungry. He thought he was starving to death and he comes upon the camp of his brother who's got some soup on the fire and, and before he knows it, he's bartered away the birthright. You've got to understand the power that's in the birthright. The birthright is a double blessing. It's the one who carries the name of the family upon their shoulder and he traded away for a bowl of pea soup and Jacob never forgot it. And when the time of blessing, when Isaac is a about to leave this world and he calls his two sons in. Rebecca the mother falls into the plot with her son Jacob and sends him out to get the stuff that his father liked to eat and she made him up some wool and hair sleeves on his arm because old Isaac is so blind he can't see and half deaf and can't hear but he can feel which was his son Esau. I used to give Rebecca a hard time for her part in the deception of Isaac until you realize probably what was in the heart of Rebecca. Jacob is supposed to be the leader. Esau is supposed to follow. And she has this war within herself with this deception. Now, my honest feeling is this. 
I really don't think God needed Rebecca to get involved. Hello? I really, I really think that the God of glory <laughs> would have worked it out in his own way. But you know, a love of a mama, and especially over mama's boy. Hello? We got one. The girls will tell you she favors him. Truth. Truth. God could have handled it without Rebecca getting involved. But, but Rebecca believed. She believed what God said about these two struggling within her. Mama, keep on believing whatever God has told you about the struggle that was within you. Sometimes it's a spiritual struggle over your sons and daughters. Sometimes it's a birthing of spiritual things in your life. And if God has spoken something to you over the struggle that's been going on inside of you, then you can just believe God for his word. He's going to see that it comes to pass. He's going to see that it's fulfilled. You don't have to get involved. Just believe. I didn't want you to think for a moment that you're getting permission to get involved in God's business just because Rebecca did. Because there was some hardship after that. Jacob had to flee for his life from his own brother. Right? But it would be in that fleeing that he would ultimately meet God. Rebecca, man, we got six more to go. You still with me? You see why I didn't take the offering up now. Fourth, that goes above and beyond is a woman by the name of Rachel. Rachel was the favorite over her sister Leah. Their father Laban deceived. So Leah's put in an awkward position. Leah is struggling for Jacob's love, doing everything she can do, naming her sons after each move as to what God would do and hopefully do and draw Jacob to her until she finally has a boy and they name him Judah. Made him praise. She said, I'm just going to forget about Jacob's love because I believe God loves me and I'm just going to praise him because he's had favor with me. Rachel, in turn, is barren, but ends up having two sons. Rachel is a woman who has the love that she requires, but yet is still empty from what she desired. And to go above and beyond to patiently wait, to endure, to endure some of the same treatment that Hagar had to endure. Rachel is spurned because of the favor and love that Jacob shows her. She brings the first son, his name is Joseph. Now just to show you how God blesses 
in spite of everything else and all those around you. You know the story of little Joseph. You know the story of Joseph becoming second under Pharaoh in all of Egypt. But in the midst of that story and why Joseph is gone, Rachel has another son, Benoni. And in bringing Benoni into this world, she dies. In the last breath, she names him Benoni. And when Jacob comes into the tent and asks for his name, she called him Benoni. He grabs that boy up and says, No! His name is Benjamin because Benoni means son of my sorrow. In her sorrow and dying in childbirth, she brings him in and in that great sorrow with her last breath, she said, this is the son of my sorrow. But Jacob comes in and says, no, his name is Benjamin. He'll not be cursed with sorrow, but he is the son of my right hand. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, you've got to keep on trusting God and allow God to do some great things in your life. What you may see as sorrow, God may see as great value. Yoshebed, the mother of Moses, which you don't find that out right up front. She's just identified as a Levite woman who has a son. It's after the decree. Egypt is in fear of all the Israelites because they're growing bountifully. And they're afraid that if they ever decide to rise up, they can overtake us. So Pharaoh calls the midwives of Egypt in. He says, every male child that is born of the Hebrews, cast them into the Nile. But even in Egypt, there was some sense of conviction. My God, that ought to help you. (laughs) That ought to do something for you. Even in the Egypt of the world in which we live, which Egypt represents sin and bondage, and we see the world and society and culture in which we are living in, even in the Egypt of our day, there's still some resolve of conviction. So they couldn't do it. Moses is growing. His name isn't even Moses yet. His name isn't mentioned after he's brought out of the Nile. See, Yoshebed was a mother with a plan. And she worked out that plan. She wove that basket and sealed the inside with thatch so that it wouldn't leak. And then she cast him out on the Nile. Now, isn't that the way we do when they get of age? Hello? I don't know about nowadays, they're 35 and yet to be cast. <laughs> Children, hear you, Pastor. Grow up, be a man, be a woman, and move out. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you. Mama, let them go. You can't tie your apron string to the basket when you send them and reel them back because it's faith that you release them in. 
It's trust in God that you release them into the world. Trusting that you have done well enough. <laughs> and you wonder, and you wonder. But God is watching over them. He's watching over them. He watched over Moses of all people. To find him, it was Pharaoh's own daughter who knew the decree of her Pharaoh and yet fell in with the plot to hide him. And just to show you how God works, she needed a nursemaid. She couldn't just take him into the palace. Find me a nursemaid. Moses' sister had been traveling down watching after him too. So she tells the daughter, I know someone who will be great at the job. <sighs> Yoshebet, his own mama, was able to nurse him and raise him because she had faith and trust in God enough to cast him out onto the Nile and let God take care. You can turn them loose, Mama. You can let them go and let God take care of them. They'll have to make their way in and out of the bulrush on their own. But the God of glory is watching over each of them. It's been said that the father only worries when a child breaks a bone. But a mother worries over the skint knee. Right? I've said it many a time. Well, you ain't bleeding that bad. Go on. <laughs> True story. You'll be all right. Too far from your heart to kill you. Go on. That's, that's not the treatment if mama gets there first or before you can get them back out the door. Well, what's wrong with Well, they are right. the skin knee, and they come in with a big hunk going, wah, wah, here you go. It'll grow back. It's the truth. Trust God whether you trust your husband or not. <laughs> I know some of you, I look around and see some of these little bitty babies in there. I wonder, I wonder, brethren, how much true alone time you get with them. <laughs> they don't trust you, guys. <laughs> as long as they're looking at you, you're fine. I got to go to the store. Well, I'll just keep young. No, I'll just take them with me. What mother in right mind ever says that? The one that's afraid to leave them home with daddy. That's, <laughs> I'll just take them with me. They're kicking, screaming, snotting, and all this stuff. I'll just take them with me. That means she don't trust me. But you can trust God. Go above and beyond and release them and let God take care of them. It's hard, it hurts, and it's painful, but let God. You've instilled God in them. They're going to have to be like a Hagar. They're going to have to have their own experience. They're going to have to see the God who sees them. 
Realize without him they are lost. Without him they are nothing. What do I do? You pray. That's what you do. You think you're praying for them now? Wait till you put them out on the Nile. Wait till you put them out into the world. Wait till you have to cut the string and let them go. You haven't even started to pray yet. There's no prayer like a mama's prayer when you don't know where they are or what they are doing. Samson's mama's the next one. Go above and beyond. Truly let God and trust God. You can trust him. You can trust him. Samson's mother is the mother who followed the rules. She's never mentioned by name in the book of Judges. Some scholars believe in 1 Chronicles 4 she may be mentioned. Not known truly for sure. But in Judges 13, the angel of the Lord appeared unto her and said, You are barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistines. How do we know she followed the rules? Because Samson took the lead in leading Israel and defeating the Philistines until he revealed the source of his anointing. She followed the rules. What does that mean? If God has spoken some things into your life concerning your children, go by the letter of what he has spoken to you. What if he's not spoken indefinitely as he did her? Get the word in the book of life and see what he has declared for you to speak into their life and the direction that you are to lead them in and follow to the greatest detail. Samson's mother. Above and beyond, follow the rules. And Samson delivers Israel. We think about Naomi who goes above and beyond. Naomi is not known for her children, but in how she reacted to another's. She is the mother-in-law who went above and beyond. They leave Bethlehem for Moab. Bethlehem means house of bread. Moab is a place who wouldn't even offer the children of Israel bread when they were escaping Egypt. They were to have nothing to do with the Moabites. But her husband takes her and her two boys to Moab. And within 10 years, her husband, both sons are dead. She has two daughter-in-laws who evidently they have a great relationship for they stay with her. 
Then one day, Naomi gets news. The news is there's bread in the house of bread. The news is the famine in Bethlehem is over. You can go home. You can make your way home. God is blessing your home again. And you can make your way home again. Somebody needs to hear it this morning. You can make your way home again. Hallelujah. I said you can make your way home again. For God is moving. God is blessing. God is touching. And you can make your way home again. She calls her daughter-in-laws to release them to their own land, their own family, their own country, people they know and love. One turns and walks away, gives her a hug and a kiss, and goes home. But you know the story of Ruth. It's Ruth who declares to Naomi, no, I'm going with you. Your home is going to be my home. Your people are going to be my people. Here's the kicker. Your God is going to be my God. And where they bury you, that's where they're going to bury me. So Naomi makes her way back home. Oh, they, they, she wants to change her name to Mara because she's all bitter. But you can't, you can't make bitterness where God's blessings is and because God is going to smile upon her. Oh, she instructs Ruth to go through the kinsman's field. I don't have time to preach all this. you got to go read about it. Read the book of Ruth. She makes her way through the fields of Boaz and as she's in the field of Boaz all of a sudden she catches the eye of Boaz and Boaz said who is that little Moabite girl over there who is she that's Naomi's daughter-in-law she married nope he dead good What am I supposed to do, Naomi? Twinkle your eyes, honey. Bat them lashes. Boaz is the eldest kinsman of my family. Oh, my Lord. He's the only one that can redeem us out of our situation. And not only did she bat her eyes, but Boaz saw it. He called his servants and said, look, whatever aisle she's in, leave a few handfuls on purpose. I want that girl blessed, and she's cousin's daughter-in-law, and I'm going to bless them. You bless her. And the long and the short of it is she marries him, and they bring an old boy into the world named Obed, and Obed has a boy named Jesse, and Jesse has a boy named David, and David has a descendant 45 generations later. His name is Jesus. Well, you never go into Mother's Day thinking you're going to hit a flat backspin. Oh, you're talking about above and beyond. It's faith and trust in God. Oh, Hannah, y'all got time? What time is it? Oh, it's just 12 o'clock. You're good. Hannah, the mother who kept her promise. We got Hannah's in this room. Hannah was barren. 
Hannah prayed. They went to church every time that church was in order for their day. They didn't miss. Every year, they went. They sacrificed. They offered. They worshiped. And they praised. She's so caught up in prayer. She'd been fasting. She's praying, but no words are coming out. She's weaving. And the priest sees her. Oh, Eli. Little did Eli know that his help was about to show up. He sure couldn't trust Hop Nine Phineas. He rebukes her and scolds her and calls her drunken. I'm not drunk. I'm just praying. My God, wouldn't it do us to pray till we couldn't stand under the power again? Huh? Wouldn't it do us good to get in fasting mode and, and pray until somebody thinks we've lost our mind? Hannah gets her promise. Hannah brings this young man by the name of Samuel into the world. And when he's brought into this world, she made God a promise. God, if you give him one, I'll give him back to you to serve you all the days of his life if you'll just bless me. She shows back up in front of Eli. Says, here, here, the boy right here. Just rubbing it in his face. He's forsaking God. Going through the motions of high priest. You know the story. She kept her promise when he was of age. And brought him and left him at the house of God. You understand why the symbolism is behind our child dedication, right? Because of the precious, precious gifts that we are blessed with, we dedicate them back into the Lord. That's what it's about. Telling God we're grateful and we acknowledge His blessings. It would be laying in that place the house of God and as a young man he would hear a voice in the night and awaken he would run to the priest you called Eli I didn't call you boy go lay down second time he runs in you called Eli boy don't bother me again go back to bed he comes running a third time for he hears his name called Finally, the old priest realizes it's the voice of God. I'm going to keep your promise. Keep your promises because you never know when the voice of God is going to reach them. Whew. 
Elizabeth. Mother who believed for miracles. It would be Zacharias who would have the problem in believing. But Elizabeth believed. And it would be she who would birth the last Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist. It would be she that would be touched by the Holy Ghost upon receiving the salutation from her cousin Mary that she too was with child. I dare say some of the situations that we find ourselves in will take nothing short than the miraculous power of God to deliver them. I'm telling you, I feel the Lord in this house. Last but not the least would be Mary herself. It would be young Mary who would be called blessed. The young Mary who would sing her song. But it would also be Mary who would give us the greatest instruction that any mother has ever given us. Whatsoever he saith unto you, There's no greater instruction than can be received than whatever the master speaks to you. Just do it. Stand all over this house. Oh, Jesus. I've rehearsed in my mind this moment all week as to how go about the close of this service. It is Mother's Day. And trust me, I understand the magnitude of all that contains. The joy, the sadness, the pain, those days when you feel inadequate, like you just don't measure up. Well, with God on your side, you too can go above and beyond. How, Pastor? It's not that you run a business like the Proverbs 31 mother, but you may. And if you do, I pray bountiful blessings upon your business. You may be a Hagar. 
You've had to endure. You may have even had to endure the shame that was put on you by someone else. But it's not your shame. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Father, I love you this morning. pray you speak to hearts this morning. I know you have spoken. I know you have touched. Because I've felt your anointing flow out of me today. There's yearning hearts in this room. Pain ridden. Those feeling inadequate, the enemy has laid a heavy weight on them. But you said, come unto me if you're heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The survey said they just wanted to rest. If you need a respite this morning, I want you to come line up across this front. Ladies first. If you just need to feel a respite, a spiritual break, that the load is just picked up just for a moment. The enemy sat on your shoulder and whispered all the things that you feel like you're not. And you're working diligently to do the best you can. Come on. The Lord wants to touch you this morning. The Lord wants to move on you. Burn. If you're here today maybe your heart's desire is to be a mother and you've not been able to become and your heart broken come on if you're here today and you may be a Pharaoh's daughter, you've pulled one out. She called him Moses, meaning she's pulled him out. Maybe, maybe you've pulled one out. Your heart's heavy. The burden is none the lighter. The responsibility is as great. This place, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. Stretch your hands this way, would you? In this place, Father God. As your daughters of faith 
have stepped out this morning. Add your grace as they go above and beyond. Add your grace as they go above and beyond. If you feel powerless this morning, you're not alone. You are our grace and you are our strength this morning, Lord. I feel as though they've run through the rapids on the Nile. I feel as though they've been taken away. And I feel powerless. Powerless. But mighty God, mighty God, within me, oh God, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. I trust you, Lord. I feel Jesus. I trust you, Lord. Oh, I feel Jesus. Father, in this place, Hallelujah. Soldiers burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. One more time. I feel Jesus. Oh, I I feel Jesus in this place, and my soul does hover within me. I feel Jesus. This place. Now, Father, over every heart and every mind in this room, I pray your blessings. Every heavy heart, every broken spirit in this room, I pray you encourage and be the lifter of their head comfort today with your peace that passes all understanding in Jesus name amen and amen could you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Real quickly, you can be seated for just a few moments. If you'll just bear with me a few more minutes. We've got some gifts to give away here this morning. 